Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. And I'm your host for today, Dave Kane. Managing your business's payroll requires you to do more than just write a few checks or push a button for direct deposits to your employees each month. For example, when you hire a new employee, you have to collect a bunch of information before you even think about putting them to work for you. But do you know what all that information is, where it goes, where it should be stored, and why it matters? And after gathering your employees' information, do you know which forms you need to maintain in the event you are called on uh, for a audit? D. Gray, a certified payroll professional and client service specialist in Ray's New Philadelphia, Ohio office, is here to help us understand the payroll function a little better. Welcome to Unsuitable, D. Thanks, Dave. It's good to be here. We always love to have guests from our New Philadelphia office. Most of our listeners may not know that that's where Ray and Associates started back in 1938 by Richard Ray. You got it. So we always love guests from uh, from uh, HQ, as they say. So we want to talk about payroll today. It's early two, 2019, so I guess uh, there could be some uh, some folks still trying to get their W-2s and 1099s out the door, even might maybe pass the deadline. Any uh, any piece of advice if uh, if some of those uh, W-2s are wrong? Well, you want to correct anything that's wrong as soon as possible. As soon as you discover the error, you should start correcting it. The deadlines for the W-2s, the 1095s, and the 1099s with non-employee compensation have all been moved to January 31st. So that's a relatively new change. Make sure you're aware of the new deadlines. And as we have found, um, the IRS can be helpful if you make an error, but um, you got to get after it pretty quickly if you do find some uh, some information that might have been missed. Absolutely. The IRS sends out notices with interest and penalties added on almost automatically. The faster you address the issue, the less the penalties and interest will be. And they actually have what's called a first-time abatement. Um, It's almost a get-out-of-jail-free card. All right, yes. If you're aware of it, um, as soon as you get that first penalty notice, you can just call them or write a letter requesting a first-time abatement consideration, and that penalty will automatically be removed. Um, you can only do that once every three years, but it's worth knowing that you can do it. So the uh, the bottom line is there, if uh, any of the listeners uh, receive a letter, you know, get it to your tax professional very quickly. They don't have one. They can look you up on the website, look at your bio, and you can certainly help them uh, through that Definitely. maze of... Uh, of whatever that uh, that is called these days, but it is it is confusing. How long have you been doing payroll? Um, I've been doing payroll for about fifteen years. Fifteen years. It's been my focus for the past ten years, so quite a while. And plus, you have a uh, extensive QuickBooks strategy or experience as well. But you can help uh, you can help an individual get their payroll properly recorded into QuickBooks. Yes, whether it's using an outside provider and importing the information into QuickBooks so that it works seamlessly with your year-end work or your tax returns for your accountants, we can absolutely do that. You know, we constantly hear that, hey, payroll, it's uh, 
It's not an area of risk. It's a low risk area. Uh, it's pretty easy. You just plug numbers into uh, a computer. I think we have found that that's definitely not the case. Not the case. My experience with payroll is it's the biggest notice generator that you can possibly have in a business. Whether the notices are accurate or not, you will respond to more notices with payroll than I think any other activity that you can do as a business owner. Well, sure, because you have the federal, you have uh, various levels at the state, you could have workers' comp, unemployment, and then you have at the local level. Right. And so for the federal level, you have the FICA tax. So you have the Social Security and Medicare, which the employer has to match. And then the federal withholding, all of that has to be remitted on a specific schedule based on your past history of payments. Um, the same with the state. It's based on your past history of liability, decides how you pay your tax going forward. The state laws are all different. So you have to be very careful that you're following the appropriate state laws. I would say Ohio and Pennsylvania have the most complex state laws. Oh, of gee, thanks any a lot, states, eh? Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's talk about uh, the first thing, and, and again, that, that you mentioned where you have employees that work in multiple states or multiple cities. Yes. And maybe work in one city but don't live in the city, that's that's just a, a challenge left and right for me to do it. It is interesting. And so that's something that um, your payroll professional should be capable of handling. Basically, in Ohio, you are required to withhold the local based on where the business is located. Uh, you can choose to withhold the local based on the employee's address in addition to what is required to be withheld from the business address, but you are required to withhold based on the business address. If you have an employee that works in different cities, say they're in construction, the 21st day they work in a particular city, you are required to withhold and remit tax to that city. It doesn't go backwards, but it does start on the 21st day. Wow, you do know these rules left and right, don't you? You've been doing it for a while. We've been doing it for yeah. a while. So um, is is the cutting of a live check, is that a thing of the past? Or most, uh, most of the businesses you are working with, are they direct deposit? We, where we're located at, do still have a lot of live checks. We have a lot of uh, people in the Amish community that we process payroll for, but we do the majority of them are or direct, direct deposit. deposit. Just rare instance you might have. And tell me about, um, you know, the frequency. What do you run into? Is it weekly, bi-weekly? What are you seeing out there? We see a little bit of everything. The majority is bi-weekly. Bi that seems to be pretty much the standard. We have semi-monthly, monthly, weekly, um, pretty much anything you can think of. But the standard, it generally leans towards bi-weekly. Sure. You know, I want to share a story with you. Maybe you can comment. But uh, recently, I uh, was talking to a colleague in the CPA uh, industry, and they ran across one of their clients had received a, uh, an IRS notice, a pretty nasty notice, where the uh, employment taxes had not been remitted. Uh, the 941, the Social Security and the withholding, and it was... Uh, well over $100,000, and the business owner had no idea that it occurred. And as he dug through that, he found there uh, a key member of the, the accounting department internally, and in their payroll, had the payroll function, had not remitted the taxes. 
That's unfortunate and it does happen, but the ultimate responsibility is on the employer. The reason that it is not being remitted does not matter. The employer is going to be the one with the liability and the responsibility for making sure that that happens. So let's go through that again. You just hit a nerve there. So as the owner, if 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 my accounting department has messed up, not remitted, I'm on the hook. That's correct. If you're using an outside provider for your payroll and that provider is not remitting your withholding tax, you're on the hook. I'm on the hook. You got any other good news for me? <laughs> Make sure it's being remitted. Yes. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's uh, kind of the um, the center of our discussion today is, is payroll can trigger a huge risk to business owners and they may not even know about it. It can. There should be checks and balances in place. If you have an outside firm that's processing your payroll, you should be reviewing the reports that you get. You should be reviewing your year-end reports, the W-2s. Don't blindly trust that everything is being handled appropriately, but do just double check and follow up. Sure. Okay. You know, as we go through uh, the rest of our time here, you know, we'll we'll talk about a couple uh, key areas. One is, you know, payroll options for employers. And basically, there are, are two options. One, you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can certainly outsource it like, um, like to Ray and Associates or another payroll professional. So those are the, basically the two options. What are you seeing? Are, are the majority of businesses um, outsourcing? I say the majority of businesses are outsourcing. Payroll is a huge risk. And although the ultimate responsibility does lie with the client, having somebody who knows what they're doing, um, who has a process for what they're doing can really help avoid any issues that may pop up. And when issues do come up, then you have somebody to help walk you through the process of handling them. Sure, sure. And in, you know, in, in the case of full disclosure, you know, here at Ray and Associates, we outsource our payroll to a third party. Correct. But we have the controls in place to make sure those things happen. So when, whenever I, I talk to somebody about that and say, well, we outsource our payroll, they look at me like, oh, you're crazy fool. You're a CPA firm. Why aren't you doing your own payroll? Well, for the exact reason our clients aren't doing their payroll. It's just a different uh, control feature. Yes. And again, in, in a lot of businesses, uh, the accounting department has many duties financial statements, uh, various uh, loan covenant reporting, you name it, and you pile payroll on top of that, they, they may run out of time and may not do it properly. Right. They can quickly be overwhelmed. And if, you, if they feel like the paycheck is the end result and they push it aside to work on something else, then there can be things that aren't getting completed because they're overwhelmed with their other duties. And that's where a firm like Ray and Associates and yourself as a payroll professional can step in and and help give them back some valuable time. Right, right. The outsourcing of payroll really does save an internal department a lot of time. It takes a lot off their plate. You know, we constantly hear in the, in the audit environment about fraud being um, reported or, or within a business and Every now and then you hear it's in the payroll area. Maybe payroll taxes didn't uh, get remitted for whatever reason. Maybe somebody that was in charge of payroll without checks and balances maybe put 
a few extra hours of vacation on their paycheck. That's uh, true. I would always recommend whoever is cutting the checks, whether they're payroll checks or payables checks, that should not be the person doing your bank reconciliation. Um, if you want to talk about a separation of duty, that's a great place to have a separation of duty in there. You want somebody else doing the reconciliation and just glancing through the check copies that's not responsible for writing the checks. So there are some wonderful, uh, you know, the first takeaway I guess we have, there are some payroll options for employers that um, are beneficial. And I think a lot of it is an internal control, like you just mentioned. You know, you you play an important role in a company with protecting assets and internal control That's by true. overseeing the payroll. So That's true, because we would send the information back to the client and somebody actually in the client's office would be doing the bank right. reconciliation. So they're double-checking our work, basically. Right, right. Hey, do you ever get a call like on Friday night at uh, 7 o'clock and somebody says, hey, my payroll check is wrong? You bet I do, although usually it's a text. They don't it's usually text, call okay. after 7 o'clock. Okay. But yes, absolutely, we do. We will do whatever we can to help them correct the issue at that time. Sometimes they'll have to wait until Monday morning, but it does happen for sure. Because it may involve a transfer to the bank or or maybe somebody just um, uh, overlooked some hours or whatever. Right. And it may have started back at the uh, employer level before we even got the information. Correct. But those those call calls do come. They do. Um, they calls, emails, texts, absolutely. Through you know, if it's not Friday at seven o'clock, we handle it pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Um, but they definitely come in. Yes. You know, let's uh, switch gears a bit. Let's say that uh, I'm either a new business uh, or an existing business that wants to outsource my payroll. And let's say we're sitting down having a conversation. I say, D, I have no idea where to start. I'm trying to run the business here, but I need to get my my people paid. You know, they're doing a great job. We got to do some things differently. Where do we start? Where's our conversation start? Well, beginning the conversation is a great place to start, but you want to go with somebody that you feel comfortable with. Um, I would assume that if we're having this conversation, either you're comfortable with us or a recommendation has been made. There are considerations too. Um, some of the bigger just payroll providers will sweep the funds so that everything comes out of your checking account at one time, and then they pay all of your taxes from that. There are other payroll companies, which the way Ray and Associates does it, we do everything on an individual basis. So if you're writing live checks, each of those live checks will clear from your account. So you kind of need to know what you want it okay. to look like on your end. I would say so that would cash be the flow, first A little step. bit of cash flow issue there. Yes. Okay. Okay. And in timeliness. So, so that's first thing we got to kind of identify what exactly you're going to, you're going to talk to me and say, Hey, what do you know, what are your, what's your goal? What do you want to do here? Right. And then the next step would be just understanding if you've never had payroll before, understanding what your responsibilities are going to be what your expenses are going to be, that it's not just withholding from the employee's paycheck, but that the employer has obligations as well, that they have to match the Social Security and Medicare withholding, that they have to pay federal unemployment, they have to pay state unemployment, they have to pay workers' comp in every state. Uh, so there are expenses besides the payroll preparation expense right. that they're going to be looking right. at. D, this sounds like just 
big time hassle. Why don't I just uh, treat my quote employees as independent contractors and not withhold any tax? And you know, we'll just save us save some money and some headaches. I'm sure you're not the first person to come up with that idea. No, I I read that somewhere. <laughs> there are very specific rules about what is considered an employee and what is considered an independent contractor. If you are audited and you have paid someone as an independent contractor that they deem to be an employee, you are immediately responsible for the Social Security and Medicare that you would have been required to pay in the first place and the employee's portion that would have been withheld from their paycheck. Uh, That's immediate in addition to penalties and interest. Fines and penalties and 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 redoing everything that you've had to do. Yeah. You'll have to amend all of the returns that have been filed. Um, definitely not a recommended course yeah. of action. And I think it's safe to say both in you you and I are 100% on this is that that's not a game to be played. It's, it's a losing game. It's a losing game. And a very expensive game. Definitely. And, and so, um, and I know we've, we've both run into that in our career. So, you know, and, I, and as our listeners have, but I think the IRS is tightening that up even more so. And I think you mentioned to me the workers' comp. I think that's another area that if uh, if we're not treating them like employees when they are employees, we could, we could put the business at significant risk. That's absolutely correct. You know, what about uh, new hires? Uh, somebody's coming in the door, man, we're busy. We need people. Hard to get people. You know, uh, what do I have to have them to get started? What you have to give to your payroll provider and what you are required to keep in an employee file are definitely two different things. Um, I would absolutely check my state laws to make sure that I'm being compliant with all state laws with Fair Labor Standards Act. You are required to have a W-4 on file, an I-9 on file, but there may be other forms that you're required to have on file that your payroll provider doesn't care about because... In the case of an audit, again, it's the employer that's responsible for providing the documentation for their workers. And you're going to do all that paperwork for me? I can provide you with all that paperwork. I will not maintain that paperwork. You're going to help me through it. You're going to coach me. absolutely help me Minimal headache for me. (laughs) That's right. That's what I want, a minimal headache. That's right. So uh, also, you know, as you go through that, we, we already talked about all the cities and, you know, where you work and where you live and where you play and all that stuff. But every now and then, um, you know, there you get these letters about child support and garnishments. And, you know, look, again, that's a bit of a hassle from, uh, from the employer standpoint. But do I have to comply with those letters? You absolutely have to comply with 100%. those letters. 100%. Again, the liability will come back on the employer. If they have received a garnishment and they're not withholding it, it's within the the garnisher's power to bring, you know, to bring action against the employer for yeah. not complying with the garnishment. The same with child support. You are, you must comply with the child support and the garnishments. You know, plus fines and penalties. And one thing I think we we kind of overlook uh, when the event occurs when the occurrence happens. And by the time you get the letter that says you're not in compliance, it could be a year, it could be two years. That's correct. We're dealing with a fact that's two years after. So it's all adding up and and you're just digging yourself a bigger hole. You know, you'd mentioned uh, the uh, FLSA, the exempt versus non-exempt employees. I'm not sure I quite 
understand that. Can you give me a well, the, two second, yeah. whatever the that is. The Fair Labor Standard Act does. Do I have to follow that? Differentiate the Fair Labor Standard yes. Act. You can I, Google. Sounds it. like I do. I can Google it. <laughs> I know. I can. Yes, do you I have, do to, have to? I have, I have no Everybody choice. Everybody has to follow it. Okay. That is accurate. So the there they do differentiate between exempt employees and non-exempt employees. Non-exempt employees, you're required to pay overtime. Exempt employees, uh-huh. you are not necessarily required to pay overtime. But there are specific criteria that the exempt employees have to meet in order to qualify as an exempt employee. You know that's a tough one. That uh, there's there's been some new uh, legislation in the past several years on that that have really really tightened that up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Is it going any place good? Well, I don't know. You know, it was, and it seemed to be making some progress, and then they stopped it. I'm not sure whether it was good or bad progress, but. You know, everybody was making the effort to comply, and then it was backtracked at the last minute. Right. So it's kind of just it's coming. waiting now. It's to coming see. It, fast and furious. It will at some point. <laughs> you know, we haven't uh, we haven't talked about four hundred one ks and section one twenty five, which I think is the cafeteria plan. Those are let's call them benefits mm-hmm. that um, that an employer has in providing employees. Obviously, that's got to make my payroll all that more difficult. It does make it more complex. Um, If you are offering benefits to your employees, such as um, insurance, medical insurance, or dependent care benefits or health savings accounts, it will benefit the company to have a cafeteria plan in place. Um, You do need to make sure that it covers all of the benefits you plan to offer, or if you have a new offering, you'll need to add it to your plan so that it's covered. Um, there are certain people that cannot participate in a Section 125 plan. Sole proprietors, partners, shareholders, more than 2% shareholders of an S corporation cannot participate in a Section 125 plan, and neither can their spouses, their children, their parents, or their grandparents. See, this is way above my head. This is why I don't do payroll. That's why you outsource. That's why I I totally would mess that up. Or my accounting staff would ask me, and I'd totally give them the wrong answer. That happens. But uh, you know, again, though the all those benefits, um, some of them may be uh, tax exempt or tax deferred. Some may not be. And, and again, if you don't get it right in the payroll system, you're going to be could, amending W twos. You're going to be amending. And it could take years. So, kind of as a recap, we talked about the payroll options for employees, what it takes to kind of get up and running to to outsource, and we went through a laundry list. You know, let's finish up with kind of protect the business and defend the business and what employee forms you should have and maintain in a case of an audit. I guess it's record retention. What do you suggest in that area? I would say at minimum, you need to have a current W-4 and an I-9 on file. I'm sure that there are other uh, recommendations based on the state, but at at absolute minimum, those two form should be on file sure. for every employee. I think we've seen the W-4 for many, many years. The I-9, just as a, a quick review, what is the I-9? That's the form that that proves that you're legal to work in the United States. So that's even more critical in today's environment than it's ever been. 
That's probably an accurate statement, yes. So, and W4 is about to undergo a big transformation. That's right. We had tax law change, <laughs> didn't we? We did. They've put that on hold. The 2019 form is not changing significantly, but look for a change in 2020. You know, if I want to hire you to do my payroll, by the time we sit down and talk, what's the lead time before we can get started? It depends on the size of the payroll, but basically two weeks or so. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the ultimate question. You know, when you're uh, in your office uh, working away, doing payroll, do you listen to music? I do listen to music. And what do you listen to? I listen to 80s hair bands. 80s hair band. <laughs> uh, any, uh, any Hall of Famers there? Any Def Leppard? You betcha. You got it. So, there you go. So, our guest today has been D. Gray a certified payroll professional and client service specialist from Ray & Associates in New Philadelphia, Ohio. Dee, thanks for joining us today. Great uh, source of data. Thank you very much. We've never taken such an in-depth look at the payroll function before, and I'm sure we could go a lot deeper, time permitting. We'll have to have you back on the show one Sounds of these good. days. Really enlightening conversation. Thanks again. Did you enjoy today's episode? Let us know. Like it comment on it or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.